Welcome to Dating and Other Fucked Up Stories. I'm your host, Rachel Ash. Part 2 Monday, June 20th, 2022, 5.54 p.m. A text pops up from a 917 area code. It's the podcast host, a.k.a. The Jester. Yeah, I didn't save his contact. I only save the contact if I see a future with the guy. Good evening. Hope you're having a great start to the week. Curious, what are you doing in the late evening, Monday of next week? I smiled instantly. To be honest, as weird as this guy was, I was pretty happy to have him pursuing me. Maybe I liked his weird. So I didn't respond immediately for a few reasons. One, this lady is not overly eager. Two, I wanted him to sweat it out in uncertainty to see how sincere his efforts were. And three, this is the real reason. I was picking my son up from daycare and running about 10 separate errands around town. At 7.10 p.m., I responded back to this. Good evening. I will be eating dinner and having an intriguing conversation with a handsome man. The text turned green when I sent it. That's strange. He has an iPhone. Well, it says sent as text message, so he didn't block me. Oh, that's right. He puts his phone on do not disturb or airplane mode throughout the day. He never actually told me he did this, but I heard him talk about it with his co-host on one of his podcast episodes. It's a productivity hack. Put your phone on do not disturb. Tune out all of the outside noise and focus your craft. I thoroughly endorse that mindset. In this modern world, there are so many notifications and random eye candy popping up on our phones to distract us from our real purposes. Originally, they were citing Michael Jordan's method of turning his phone off for the first hour or two in the morning. This allows your brain to organize thoughts and set intentions for the entire day. I had no idea Michael Jordan even followed this practice. Actually, this is a process I have already incorporated in my morning routine a little over a year ago. I set intentions for the day. This allows me to tackle goals one by one. And recently, I got even more intense by setting dates and specific times of when I will work on each task. If you don't prioritize time for your goals, then they are just dreams. Why not make dreams a reality? Back to the conversation. So I had said, good evening. I will be eating dinner and having an intriguing conversation with a handsome man. And then I followed it up with a winky face. 7.43 p.m. he replied. Not quite pretty lady. I'm asking because my boss is doing the late toxic masculinity podcast in Miami at seven that night. He probably won't be done until 1130 midnight. Would you be into a sexy late night visit from said handsome man? He blew it. He fucking blew it. He wants to drive to my apartment after midnight on a Monday for a booty call. The extent of our relationship was about a one-hour date just a week earlier. There has been zero foreplay via text since. 
he just tried to score a home run and hasn't even gotten up to the plate to try to hit the ball. For someone giving advice to men on how to pick up chicks, he has no clue what he is doing. Ugh, nasty. That's all I can say. Nasty. This man has no game at all. At this point, I really am appalled by his text. Where in our interaction did I communicate I was open to booty call solicitations? I made it clear I was looking for a serious relationship. Uh, I sat on the text for five minutes before answering. I figured this would give me time to cool off. I was angry. Angry that a beautiful, intelligent, high-quality woman like myself has to put up with trash like this. I had reached my boiling point. From that moment on, I made up my mind. Now I was going to fuck with him. Ladies, this is for you. For all of those times you had to put up with a pile of trash trying to slide into your pants and objectify you. I responded, LOL. Well, I don't live in Miami, and I honestly will be sleeping by that time on a Monday. Maybe one day when the stars align. And then I say, that really is a shame. I actually did feel a vibe with you. To which he shot me a question mark and then said, Why are you saying that like that's the last opportunity? LOL, just an idea. We can schedule something another time. It was just an idea since I would be passing by. Yeah, okay, I'm sure it's purely innocent, I think to myself. Meeting a lady at midnight on a Monday could only ever be a hookup. And that's okay if that's what you desire. I just can't be that for you. Basically, this was my text version of throwing a drink in his face. It was eloquent, but I was rejecting him and deflecting his advances. To which he texted, Sounds like a focus problem to me, miss. We don't live in a world of scarcity. A lady at a comedy show, a lady at a bar afterward, a lady at midnight, a lady at dinner. Why put yourself in a box? Ew, who talks like this? <laughs> That's a way to win me over, insult me, and tell me there are plenty of other women out there. Ugh, I, I sat on this text too, <laughs> and I called one of my girlfriends and read the text thread over the phone, and we both died laughing. Based on his dialogue, there was something seriously wrong with this guy. Did that stop me from interacting with him? Hmm, almost. To his obscure text, I replied, Interesting perspective, period. Where are we going to meet at midnight on a Monday? Do tell. <laughs> I kicked the ball back in his court. Let's see how he responds to this. Where do these guys come from? How do they, how are they even human? One hour later, he replies, Nowhere now. You missed your chance at Midnight Magic Mike. We'll do dinner some other evening. I'll let you know as the week gets closer. Midnight Magic Mike? <laughs> I swear I can't make this shit up. <laughs> okay, Romeo, I look forward to it. I texted back sarcastically. He texted a week later. I hope you're having an amazing week, Miss Dating and Other Stories. I write back immediately. It's Miss Dating and Other Fucked Up Stories to you. 
I purposely censored it. I don't like when women curse, he said. Oh, then you don't like strong-minded women, I said forcefully. You equate cursing to being a strong-minded woman, he said. Women are people too. No difference between a man cursing or a woman cursing. You don't like when women curse, and I don't like when men sneak into my DMs and proposition me for sex. We can agree to disagree on this gender absurdity, I said. We went on to discuss this topic through text messaging for a bit longer before saying our goodnights that evening. Wednesday, June 29th, 8.49 a.m. Hey, pretty lady. A buddy of mine and his girl are going to see the Elvis movie at 6.30 p.m. on Saturday in Del Rey. Care to join us? <laughs> this text was the highlight of my morning. We haven't even been on a proper date yet, and he is inviting me on a double date with his friends? Hmm, how middle school of him. How old is this guy? I waited an hour, and I told him I would get back to him after I checked my schedule. Did I really want to see this guy again? My gut said, hell no. My podcast said, yes. Would I miss an opportunity for a story? Never. Ugh, I reluctantly confirm. Okay, great. I'll get the tickets now then. Let's talk about the podcast after the movie. Dinner on me. Yeah, dinner better be on you, I think. Sky, shake my head. The day of the double date has arrived. Where are we meeting? I ask. What makes the most sense is for you to drop your car off at my apartment complex and then I'll drive us to the theater. If that makes you uncomfortable, we can just meet at the theater itself. This guy is out of his mind if he thinks I'm going to drive to his house and let him have any kind of control on this date. He could be a serial killer for all I know. I, I mean, I know this guy for an hour tops at this point. Let's meet at the theater, I clarified. Delray Beach, take two. I made the 45-minute drive to meet the podcast host, a.k.a. Jester, at IPIC. On my way there, I saw a familiar apartment complex to the right. Then, suddenly, without warning, a flashback hit me. Of him, the philosopher. There we were, back two years ago, standing outside that very apartment complex, saying our goodbyes, holding each other closely and staring into each other's eyes. Slowly our lips found each other. Time stopped as we kissed. As I pulled away, I saw my bright smile reflecting back through the lenses of his black Ray-Ban sunglasses. He walked over to his black beauty, a beautiful Indian motorcycle, and rode away. I couldn't breathe. All of the air in my lungs had escaped. I was breathless. Before I allowed the emotion to drown me, I snapped myself out of it and changed the music. Smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, it is. I park in the garage of the IPIC theater, walk to the elevator, head down to the theater lobby. I walk out of the elevator and towards the bar where my date is standing. Hey, how are you? I said as I gave him a hug to greet him. 
he said, hey, back and told me he was waiting for his friends to arrive. Oh, that's right. This is a double date. I almost forgot this was the horrifying reality I was living tonight. While we waited, we chit-chatted. Then he started to tell me why he wanted to see the Elvis movie so bad. Why? I asked. Because Michael Jackson was married to Elvis's daughter, he replied. I thought that was a strange reason, but I let him continue. Michael Jackson is my idol, he proclaimed. Even after all of the allegations and documentaries that came out about him, I said immediately, that's fake news. But even the documentaries, I questioned. Those documentaries have been debunked, he said as he became passionate. Okay, I was shocked. Wow, fake news, really? What evidence do you have that it didn't happen, though? I mean, whether anything happened or not, uh, it was odd that he was constantly hanging out with underage boys. I mean, the circumstances alone are peculiar, you have to admit. I said, trying to make some logic out of all of it. Can we not talk about this? He said in an upset tone. Okay. I guess this uh, really hit a nerve with this guy. He is obsessed with Michael Jackson. Okay, I'm pulling out a massive red flag on this one. Wow. His friends arrive and we make our way to the theater. Thank God. The way I pick works is you sit in these pods. You can have anything you like delivered to the table at just a push of a button. What should we get? I said excitedly. They had a full dinner menu. He then tells me he is on a no-carb diet, so if we share, it has to be something healthy, which, I mean, it's okay. I like to eat healthy once in a while. Then as we go through the healthy options on the menu, he says, I probably won't eat anything here. Oh, okay, I said. But you, you can get whatever you want, though, he said. So if I order popcorn, will you have some? I asked. No, he replied. Oh, I thought, well, that's no fun. Again, food is a love language for me. I like to share food with my partner. Otherwise, what's the point? The server came, and at the last second, I changed my mind. I'll have the mozzarella sticks. Eh, fuck it, you know? During the movie, I let him hold my hand. It really did feel like I was in middle school again. Nothing happened. No kissing, no hand jobs, nothing scandalous. But I, I will say Elvis the movie was fantastic. Hands down, it was one of the best movies I have seen in five years. Simply amazing. It was a bit long, but it never felt long. I highly recommend seeing this movie. After the movie, my date, the jester, starts talking to his friend about what he's doing afterward. His buddy is tiptoeing around the question because he knows his friend and I are on a date. So he was clearly not trying to intrude on our date. Then my date straight up invited his buddy and his girlfriend to join us for dinner. And then the double date continued. We headed out all together and walked to Lemongrass an Asian restaurant right on Atlantic Avenue. The restaurant isn't too packed, 
there were tables available for us. I assumed we would be sitting at a table anyway. Apparently not. Instead of heading to a table, my genius date headed to the bar and he motioned for us to sit there. It was awkward. This is how the seating was. His friend's girlfriend, his friend, my date, me. I was staring straight ahead at the bartender the entire time. I was basically on a date with that guy because my date proceeded to talk to his buddy for most of the dinner and ignored me. I would ask a question like, do you watch Stranger Things? And he would answer with one word responses like, no. Have you recorded any new episodes? I asked. Yeah, he said and smiled like he was hiding something. Uh Uh-oh, this made me think he recorded an episode about me. The dinner was getting cold. The company, even colder. I even asked if he wanted to try my penang curry chicken. He replied, no, I have a lot of food coming. Yeah, a lot of food that he didn't once offer to share with me. This is when I, I gave up and went rogue on this date. So... Do you normally ask women out on double dates? I said without stuttering. And he seemed flustered. No, no, not usually. And I just stared at the side of his head as he stared straight forward at the bar. This was my cue. I motioned the bartender for a box. I don't think I have ever asked for a box on a date. And this guy gave me no choice. It was like pulling teeth trying to have a conversation with this guy. All I wanted to do was eat this penang curry in my comfy pajamas while watching Stranger Things. So I manifested it. I said, bye, nice to meet you, and got up and headed to the door to leave. My date followed me. I told him he didn't have to see me out. Then he said he would walk me to my car, but I told him that would be unnecessary. I didn't want to spend another second with this person. With Thai takeout in hand, I strutted down Atlantic Avenue. The bars were hopping. Live music was playing at Johnny Brown's as usual. I could have shook it off, turned that flop of a date into a fun night. I could have easily went solo and possibly met an eligible Delray man at Salt 7. But I, I simply didn't have it in me that night. I felt drained, mentally. So I drove home, snuggled in bed with my main squeeze, my Yorkshire Terrier, Chewy, and binged Stranger Things until I fell asleep. Glamorous, right? A few days ago, I was curious and checked his podcast, and there it was, an episode about me. Of course I had to listen to it. And this guy had a completely different perspective of what happened on our first date. He was so into himself saying how he killed it on our date. If killing it is having one drink and walking a lady to her car, then I don't know what to say. His date technically didn't even qualify as a true date to me. It was a drink after his quote comedy show. He put zero investment in our date. He was a lazy date. Honey, you didn't kill it. What a narcissist. Confession. 
I did end up sending one final text before I cut all communication with this guy. Your version was comical. My version will be better. I had to. And here it is in all of its two-part season one finale glory. Thank you, Mr. Egotistical, self-proclaimed jester podcast host. (laughs) The content did not disappoint. If you enjoy this episode today, feel free to send it to a friend in need. If you are listening on Apple, take a moment to write a review. I truly appreciate all of you. If you've enjoyed season one of Dating and Other Fucked Up Stories, stay tuned for season two. There are more fucked up stories to come. I've got stories for days. Also, there will be guest appearances in between story launches. This will include the male perspective. There you have it. This is Rachel Ash signing off.